0: If you've ever sat in a business meeting and heard someone babbling or droning on about something in a business presentation, hoping, praying that you'd get called out of the meeting for an emergency or that someone would pull the fire alarm, anything, so you wouldn't have to listen to some windbag, you are going to love today's topic, how to communicate with power and influence. She's a respected and trusted business advisor. An Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer, she's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way, because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini-MBA and school of hard knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, brought to you by Business M.O. LLC. Why is it that some people struggle to find the right words and they ramble off topic, while others can make their point succinctly in a few compelling words, make it sound effortless and almost magical? In the next few minutes, we're going to explore how you can unlock that secret to more powerful communications with my guest, Jess Toddfeld. Jess is a leading communications and media training expert. He's president of Success in Media and a Guinness Record holder for the most media interviews given in 24 hours on radio, and you'll never guess how many. If you think 30 interviews in 24 hours, you'd be way on the low side. 50 interviews? Mm Mm-mm. 75? No. 100? Mm Mm-mm. It was an incredible 112 interviews in one 24-hour period. I don't know if he ever slept. So, yes, Jess Toddfeld knows media. And no wonder. He heads one of the top communication training firms in the U.S. And he's the author of four books, he brings with him 13 years of experience as a TV producer for NBC, ABC, and Fox, having then produced over 5,000 segments, producing credits, including being part of the team that launched The O'Reilly Factor and Fox and Friends. Jess's time in front of the camera also includes features reporting, guest spots, on international news programs and hosting of America's Premier Experts, which has been broadcast on ABC, NBC, Fox, and CBS affiliates in the U.S. So in a nutshell, yes, Jess Toddfeld understands media communications inside and out and can help business professionals like you hone your communication skills to create more impact, influence, and income so that no one pulls the fire alarm on you. It's such a treat to have him here today. Welcome to Business Confidential, Jess.
1: Thank you, Hannah. It's a pleasure to be on your show.
0: (laughs) Well, great, great. You know, this whole topic of being able to communicate with power and influence is just so intriguing. Why is it that communications is the path to power and influence? What's your take on that?
1: Well... Everything is about communication. This is the way we interact with other human beings. But it's also the way that we get what we want. So this is a business show. What we want is usually more business. And we must communicate in a way that the other person says, got it, I want that. And you would just point out a few of the mistakes people make, which is they ramble on and on, or they don't make a whole lot of sense, or they confuse us, or they bore us. Those would be those things not to do. (laughs) So we're going to go the other direction today.
0: Good, because we all want that. We all want power and influence in order to move our business forward and help more people. But sometimes we feel that, well, you know, the other person, they can talk better than I can. You know, can anybody really do it? Or do you need special skills or need a special gift of gab?
1: Well, I I mean, I like to think my position is that anybody can learn this. I was a TV producer for 13 years, I think you mentioned, and I've been doing this for 12 years. And it dawned on me one day, about halfway through, about six years ago, I said, you know what? This really is the secret to power and influence. Because what I found was it wasn't just about public speaking skills of, hey, stand up straight and comb your hair and, and move your body around. You know, sure, you should do those things or, or use your body language. All that is great. But the secret part, the important part, is being able to close more deals, being able to get people to do what you want, and and that's that's what I've entwined in all this, and that's why I present it as the secret to power and influence because people say, okay, what, what do you mean? I mean, Dale Carnegie, of course, said uh, how to win friends and influence people. He was talking about these communication skills. And I I like to think I've I've pushed it into the 21st century and, you know, you know, you've experienced some of the things that I've done and said and put out there on the media side and on the public speaking side now, not to be, to continue and be vague about exactly how this works. um, Basically it's this, so there's two pieces, there's style and there's substance. A lot of people who are trainers get stuck talking about style and the real short answer on style is if you stand in one place or you stand behind a lectern somewhere and you stand and read notes and look at your papers and not at people, you have disconnected yourself and that is how you're not having more power and influence. So on the style part, we would want to move around. We want to move closer to people in terms of influencing people. Sometimes we could move, in and out of their space, depending on if, it, if it's something that really grabs them, stops them in their tracks. And, of course, it really depends on I'm imagining you'd be standing in front of a few people. It could be you know, some people sitting in here, they may have a lot of one-on-one meetings. And really what I want people thinking, talk about this, think about the type of meetings or interactions even over the phone that you have with people and what it is that you really want to make happen. What do you want to get the other people to do? And, and what I'm going to talk about today is how to do it in an authentic way. So style parts, if we're out in front of people, yes, you should move around. Yes, you should move your hands. You should move your body. You should look people in the eyes. You should have nice highs and lows in your voice and you should pause all of this. At least you've got the style piece down. A lot of people think, they may have heard that style is more important than substance, and there's this old saying where they say 55 percent or 93 percent is all is is what matters, and all of that. That is an old study that's been taken out of context. They're both important. If I spend the whole time, if if I got in front of an audience, I stood on a chair the whole time, and that was very entertaining, but you got nothing. You would still not like me because you'd say you wasted my time. So there you go. That was two minutes or less on style. Now substance. Substance is where we were actually saying and speaking to people and connecting with people. And there have been studies about the brain and the way we project information and the way we receive information. So uh, I'm about to give you something really good and juicy. So for people who have pens, right, that you're going to be wanting to write this stuff down. So when we, give information outward, we are sending it out from our, our neocortex, the decision-making part of the brain that deals with big pieces of information and thought processes and all of that. When the person on the other side is getting this, we are trying to speak to their neocortex, but actually it's being received in a completely different area of the brain And it's not the neocortex. And this is why, where a lot of people go wrong and why you can make some changes and make bigger things happen, close more deals, um, you know, advance what you want to advance. So there have been uh, some interesting studies where they talk about three parts of the brain, that neocortex, I just talked about that, decision-making, facts, figures, a lot of that is right in there. Then there's the midbrain where it's more about social interactions or is this appropriate or how do I act with, uh, in front of say a police officer or, uh, speaking to somebody at the supermarket or my child, is it okay to yell at them or do I act a certain way? How do we act socially? And then there's this oldest part of the brain, the reptilian part of the brain, and it's left over from our caveman days or cave women days, depending on who you are. And, What happens is when this thing uh, – this is actually where information goes first, and it acts as a filter. And this filter will only take information that it finds interesting. It needs to be fast. It needs to be to the point. And it's filtering this stuff out or in and then up to the neocortex for decision-making. So if that part of the brain that likes things fast, interesting – is it relevant is, and here's a big, the biggest part of that, this oldest part of the brain, which also handles things like fight or flight. It also handles survival. So it's asking the question, is this important even for the survival of my business? It's not the survival of me, which usually are pretty darn connected. What do you think so far, Hannah?
0: You're dead on for sure.
1: (laughs) So, it's if you've ever been on the receiving end of any type of information or you're going through your emails on any particular day, you just say, okay, I need to know, is this relevant to me? Yeah. Delete, delete, delete. What is this? Uh, I can't get stuck with reading this whole thing. Uh, I'll save it, but I'm probably not really going to read it and uh, the person will be annoyed. I didn't answer back. Next one, delete, delete. There's evidence in your life of you doing this and whether it's emails or something else. So it's a filter and that's that part of the brain. And you and of course, if you if we're going to use the email analogy, if you see something where you say, wow, this could really, if it said something like, close 10 more clients this month, what does that mean? Wait a second. I want to know what that's about. So I'm listening, oh listen to this video. Okay, fine, I'll listen to a video. So they've communicated to that part of the brain that handles uh, our survival. So that is a big part for you to keep in mind when you're communicating. So th- there are other couple of pieces that are also important when I talk about, when I show people in my workshops, public speaking, and I, I put it under that banner, but I always do tie it into what is it that you are trying to create more of? What do you need to make happen in your life or your business? So it's just a little bit different for everybody. It could be more clients, closing deals. Um, any of those things. So that's what we work on. So the last few things, when it comes to when we talk about style and now, substance. One of the big secrets for public speaking is storytelling. We are all natural storytellers, and there's a little bit of a problem when we get in front of people who are, say, not our our family or our spouse or a friend, for some reason. We stop telling stories. We just dump data on people. We're a bunch of data dumpers, Anna, (laughs) and it's not right. I'm against it. So (laughs) we want to. We don't want to do that to people. The problem is again, data is communicating to the neocortex. So if I just say, you know, X percentage do this and X percentage do that, you you start to glaze out over, and you're not really paying close attention. But something happens with stories. We start to, it works on a few different levels. One is stories are very visual. When we hear a story, we're taken there. And when I say we're all natural storytellers, Hannah, if I saw you on a Monday and I said, how was your weekend? Chances are you're not going to say, well, let me start from the beginning. I got out of the bed and I went to the bathroom. I took my toothbrush and I put some toothpaste on. I moved it left and right. And then I went to the kitchen and I got some milk and I got a cereal bowl. You wouldn't do that. Those are listing data points. What you would do is you would say, oh, I had a great weekend. In fact, my friend was in from out of town. You're not going to believe what happened. You'd launch into something that happened. So for everyone who's listening, I want you to think about, I know there are a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to your show. I want you to think about the clients and prospects that you've helped with, and that you can tell stories about without necessarily saying their name, but explaining the type of person that they are. And of course, make sure you do this in a way that other people don't necessarily know who it is. So if if you're in a small town, obviously you wouldn't want to talk about somebody and everybody says, oh, I know who that is. That's Bob." That would be a problem. But if you said to somebody say, I'm talking to uh, a couple and they said, Oh, well, you know, we had a couple come in here. Uh, they had just started having kids. So around, uh, you know, your age and similar situation and well, here's what happened and I can present a problem and there should be dialogue in this story. And then they asked me this and I said, well, let me see what I can do. And I said this, Now you're giving dialogue. Some of you are already envisioning maybe the two of us sitting across a desk if we're working together or you're looking, you're thinking about the location. I didn't even bring up the location, but I could bring up the location. And that, that ends up, if I said we were at a conference and now you're thinking conference and I walked off the stage and I'm right there at the corner of the stage. It's a couple walks up to me and says, I hear what you're saying, but here's our situation. So if I were to tell one of these stories to future prospects and clients who I'd like to do more business with, what happens is, this is why you should tell stories. I said we're natural storytellers. You have it in you. But the reason we tell stories is it grabs us. It's visual, which makes it more memorable, which is a big part of what I teach, being memorable. And if people remember what you say, they can act on it. So the, the steps are step one, people need to understand what you're saying. Usually people get through that unless you're a low talker or you have an accent that's a real problem. But people need to first understand, and then they need to uh, really connect with the stories. They need to remember and act on it. So those are the steps. And if they do all those, there's another last step, which is pass on to others. So those are the steps when communicating. So when I said this is, I, I attacked them a lot. So... That is what people can can do when they're speaking, when they're giving business presentations, when they uh, want to make something happen. Tell those stories and connect in a way where the person knows why this will be life-changing in some way. And I'm going to communicate right now, keeping the the veil completely pulled to the side, why this is life-changing for you, because if done right, it works. It works. You will close more business. That's why it's the secret to power and influence.
0: Well, this is very, very powerful. I mean, what you're saying makes perfect sense. We don't always sit down and dissect our communications this way because we are so data-driven. And even now, you know, the big thing is big data. But what yes. you're saying and, and the, the way we're processing and receiving information, that reptilian part of the brain is really the gatekeeper, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is a gatekeeper. We must go through the gatekeeper to get Through to the decision maker, which is that neocortex.
0: Right. And so the stories are really what engages the gatekeeper to say, listen to me, this is why it's important and why you want to let me through and be able to receive the other data so that you can make a more informed decision that will help you do better, do more.
1: Yes. In fact, you brought up big data and, and I said, don't be a data dumper. But now some people might be thinking, oh, Jess means, no, you can never give data points. No, you can mix the two of them. And an example of it being done very well in, say, a book would be Freakonomics, where there are these amazing stories and, all, and it's mixed in with all the data. And it's right. incredibly powerful. So it can be done. There are a lot of great stories of things that you've done. When I say you, I mean our people who are listening right now to help prospects and clients. And what I find is, so I work with a lot of companies and financial advisors and and people in the financial industry, uh, and uh, mainly those folks. Well, I mean, a lot of different uh, other types of people. But uh, for this particular program, actually, I call it Speak to Close. And what I do is I show up with a video camera So while I've explained this to them and they understand on an intellectual level, what happens is they stand up and they dump data and they strip out the stories. And then what happens is we play it back and their mouth drops and they say, I can't believe I did it the other way. Why did I do that? And they're just falling into old ways. So what we'll do is we'll work together to get them to build out those stories and tell them. And there's a, a great power of, the video camera, uh, which you've seen through some of my other work where we play it back and we find that something different happened than what we thought happened. And what I mean by that is there's a huge disconnect the way something feels and the way it is, which is very strange. And when I, and I'm meeting in a number of different areas, but I'll keep it to public speaking right now, which is it always feels worse than it is. And we play it back, and it wasn't as bad and as horrible as we thought. And, of course, we don't want the bar to be, you're just above horrible. That, that's not a great place to put the bar. But what we want to do is we want to then take that new little bit of confidence and keep layering on top of it. We'll let those stories. There are uh, ways to, to bring up objections before they happen, create yeses in the mind of the audience so they're agreeing with you. Uh, obviously, you should have something that you, that is that you have real facts for and makes sense, so they really are agreeing with the right thing. We wouldn't want to. I don't want anybody to go out and sell a Ponzi sc- scheme or something like that. And I hope it doesn't work for that. Um, but you, you go out there and you do this. You connect with stores. Use some of these other techniques, and bigger things will happen. So it's a little bit different for each person, but for entrepreneurs. It's usually getting more clients and closing more business that we talk well, about. Well, you know, what you're that? talking Maybe.
0: about with the with the video camera, I mean that really helps in terms of self awareness because most people don't like their own voice. And yet when they see themselves on video, some people cringe, but a lot of people realize, well, wait a minute, it doesn't come across as bad as I thought it did or how it felt. And so just Being able to go through that exercise is is really tremendous, not just in terms of building somebody's confidence, but helping their self-awareness. Because if there is a tick or something that's going on, it can be corrected because now they know what to look for.
1: Yes. And, And one other thing on confidence, it's kind of the secret way that I describe what I do, which is that I give people confidence to go out there and make bigger things happen, to be magnetic. I have a whole speech on how to be magnetic. But when people get a little bit of confidence, they start to say, you know what? I got this. This is going to be great. And they have, you mix that with the techniques of what to do. They're telling stories, by the way, an important piece of the stories. You must have a message attached to them, a point for the story. You're not just telling a story for no reason, a point, a point, And I do have one, which is the name of a book by Ellen DeGeneres about 20 years ago. So have a point, Make sure that you, so you tell your story and then the point of the story and then people say, ah, okay, I get it. And visuals are very memorable. We remember faces. Somebody we meet on the street will know their face before we remember who the heck they are. And stories are visual. So it'll go into our mind. It'll stick there along with that message. And then if people, again, can remember what you said, they can act on it and ideally even pass on to others which is where word of mouth and that's referrals a great, go to, too. That's a great
0: plan. Yeah. So, Jess.
1: Yeah.
0: When somebody's preparing for a media interview, as compared to a traditional business presentation, uh, maybe uh, pitching some venture capitalists, but when you're in front of the media, dealing with the cameras, dealing with radio, television, and so forth, that's a different ball game. How would you recommend someone prepare for that type of
1: presentation? So, yes, this is actually the other half. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, As I was trying to secretly sip some water over here. Okay, so that is the other half of what it is that I do. And and something else you may notice, as I'm communicating in a media interview right now, I'm trying to be authentic. I was coughing. <laughs> I was choking. I was I was thinking about what I was going to say, and I was actually um, choking on water that I was sipping, which is not what you're supposed to do. But I'm bringing it up because it makes somebody smile. I'm a real person. Real people sometimes, you know, have something that doesn't work perfectly, not the end of the world. Anyway, using it as an example. Now, media interviews. Right. So TV, print, radio, and even Internet media, which right now we're we're on a blend of radio and Internet media. Internet media can also include somebody walking up to you with their iPhone and asking you questions while videotaping you and putting it on YouTube for their YouTube show and having it go worldwide, as well as somebody interviewing you or writing about you for their blog. All of these are important. So how do we approach it differently and how is it different than a speech? So the parts about the brain certainly are relevant here, but in preparing and executing a media interview, we have a few steps that we must go through. So one is we have to realize that the amount of time that we have is often limited. Often you may only have three minutes for an interview. I used to work in television. That was pretty much a standard. It started out at six minutes and went down to three minutes. And if you're talking to a print reporter, you may only get two quotes or one quote or zero quotes into the story. So if that's the case, now what do you do? I mean, it's different than sitting around preparing a speech where you sat and thought about main points that you want to bring up and had stories and examples to go along with it, and you had messages. Here's what you do. You take, I usually have people sit for seven minutes. Five minutes is too short. Anything longer than seven will never stop you. Seven minutes, and you write out all of the answers, not the questions, but the answers that you wish you could say in this interview. So you have a short amount of time. What would you say in an ideal world? And the exercise I even say, if the interviewer said, I am too lazy to ask you good questions, why don't you just write out the the answers, not the questions, but the answers, and I, interviewer, will... Just ask you all of those things uh, and, and lead you into talking about those things. If you were given that gift, and you actually are given that gift, you don't know it, though, but you are given that gift, what would you say? So then I'm quiet when we do this in a workshop, and my client will sit and scribble and write things, writing things down. And then I'll say, stop, and they'll look down and say, wow, if I just said half of these things, I would really be happy about this interview. So that's step one, to be able to get out some of those core messages that you want to say. And face-to-face, I help people to even refine them down in a way that makes it a little bit more memorable into three columns and we come up with a a one-word title on top. But even right now, you're ahead of most people if you do this exercise. So you have these messages. And the next piece is if we're talking about a slice and dice interview like a print interview where they're only going to print certain quotes or if we're talking about a TV interview on the evening news where they're doing a news package, as they call it, where they also may only use a few quotes, you really need to package some of those answers in a way that is now irresistible and very quotable. So, uh, you know, again, this is, it's it's a, it's actually a whole different skill speaking to media because you are, again, you need to grab them and get them to want to print certain answers. So here are some of the elements, a few of the elements for creating a perfect soundbite. And uh, I'll just give you a quick definition here. So a, a message is anything that you say. A media message is anything that you say that you want in the interview. That should be in the interview. Anything else is off message. A sound bite would be out of the paragraphs of things you are saying and messages you are saying. There are just some of these sentences that just pop off the page or out of your mouth in such a way that that are just fantastic. I mean, it's called a sound bite because it's this little bite of sound words that you made out of everything that you've said, and that's where they. Came up with that. Print is called quotes. So, what are some of those elements? So it could be including bold action-oriented words. So words like moved and soared, and uh, you know, I was was taken when I was when I heard that. I was taken aside. I mean, these action-oriented words that you add into the sentence you are already going to say which are within paragraphs that you're saying. So I'm I'm saying this this way because you want people to know, I want your audience to know, that it's not about speaking in short, halting sentences and only saying one sentence and being done with it. No, it's not that. So it could be bold, action-oriented words. Could be including things like analogies. Uh, This is like that. Uh, To to say, you know, this is like a rubber band, or or these um, patients are like rubber bands. They bounce right back think about the analogies that you use when I talk about what I do as as a trainer and coach. I'll usually say, look, I can talk about how to ride a bicycle all day long, but unless I put you on the bicycle, you will fall off. And that is the analogy of me actually working with somebody's team or staff or an individual. So analogies work. Also rhetorical questions work really well. So if I said, "Uh, look, do my genes play a part? in the health of myself and my family, yes, they actually do play a part. They play a big part. And that's actually a quote that I have that I play, one of the clips that I play in front of a client of somebody else who's who's talking about that. So it could be analogies. It could be pop culture references, dropping a little pop culture saying something about something that's happening in the news, uh, mixed into what you're saying. It could be uh, a conflict quote kind of attacking somebody or a school of thought. If you do that, you'll make yourself quotable. So a number of these elements, and actually one, one last one I'll throw in there. I mean, there are about 14. One other one is cliches, surprisingly. We've all been taught in seventh grade English to never, never, ever write cliches, but journalists love quoting other people using cliches. They can't stop themselves. They just uh, – by the way, I want you to know that I'm speaking the truth. Here's how I'm going to t- tell you the test. I want you to go to usatoday.com or your local state or, or, you know, your town newspaper. And I want you to go online and do this so you'll have it instantly in front of you. You can buy it too. We don't want to put those people out of, bit, out of work. So get the newspaper. and I want you to look for quotes, people being quoted. And you will see that these elements are in there. One other one, absolutes. Don't speak in wishy-washy ways. Don't say, well, maybe people might want to do this. It's different than saying everybody must evacuate. Or doing this is, in fact, the secret to power and influence. If I said, well, it could be. I mean, you know, I noticed that some percentage of my clients find success with it. That would be terrible. It wouldn't work. So, and I, and I actually have to make sure I believe in what I'm saying and that it's truthful what I'm talking about, that if I were talking about public speaking in a media interview. So, those are the elements for having great sound bites. And so, you've got your messages together. You've got sound bites. Now, if you're in a morning show type of interview or long form like we are today, they're a little bit less important, but you can throw them in from time to time because it makes you seem interesting. So... Those are some of the biggest, most important things. And Hannah to round it off, speaking in front of a video camera also, doing mock interviews. That will help people to do a better job than they, than they initially thought.
0: Great what do you
1: think? Not bad.
0: Not bad. Are you kidding me? This is outstanding. This is all really valuable and, and things that people can start implementing. Even if they just experiment with one or two of these tips, they're already ahead of their competition. So this Absolutely. is great. This is great. But reach out to us. Let me flip people this on you, listening. though.
1: Yes, put it on me. What?
0: What What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen people make in their preparation? Whether it's for the media or for a business Meeting.
1: The number one biggest mistake that I see people make, drum roll, duh, 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 is that was a terrible drum roll. The number one mistake is not preparing and winging it. Winging it is not a strategy. <laughs> winging it is, is a very, very shaky strategy if it is yours. And it's one where you cross both fingers and you pray that it all works out. Praying is good but also practicing <laughs> is where it really comes together. So you, you have to think it through. You have to write things down before you start. In one of the books, we say, think on your seat, not, not on your feet, which is sit down and write things out. How's that for a soundbite? I love that. I love that. Think note. on your seat or in your seat. That's right. It's a play on a cliche or pop culture phrase, which is think on your feet. So I'm telling you why it works. So this is think on your seat, not on your feet. So it's a play on a cliche. So Uh the idea is sit down, write out where you want to go and then practice with a video camera. I've had clients that say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it's not until we've been doing it all day that they say, you know what? I do now realize the value in fact, they really, at the end, feel great and empowered because they've seen themselves have such improvement. And, you know, to add that extra piece where I was talking in the beginning of, about communicating to the part of the brain that says this is uh, and this has something to do with my survival, I will say, listen, if you don't do it, you're going out there and really chancing making a big mistake. So they'll say, yeah, I, you know what, I have to... I have to do it. And so I'll say, okay, I know time is a big issue. So even taking five minutes uh, and doing it a quick five minute practice, play it back. Certainly, if we're talking about a media interview and not a one hour speech, but playing it back, that's like looking at another draft of what you've done. If the first time you do either of these things in front of people is your first draft, your first draft is never perfect, right? So you, right. you don't want to do that. You do that, it's, 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 it's not a good recipe. So if I were to list some big mistakes people make, the biggest one, yes, not practicing with a video camera. Uh, you know, some of the other mistakes that people point out, if, if you happen to have a couple of ums here or there, it's not the end of the world. We certainly don't want them, but it's not the end of the world. Our current president uses ums and ahs. I've heard many a broadcaster have some ums and ahs in there. The problem is when we litter every sentence with ums and ahs. Actually, if you do a Google search for get rid of ums and ahs, I have an um and ah tool. Certainly, you can reach out to me. I'll I'll tell you where it is, but I know if you Google, it'll come up as a little uh, video thumbnail should on that first page. So. I have a tool for people who really feel they are um and ah offenders, but I've found most people obsess over the wrong thing. So we'll obsess over the ums and ahs, We'll obsess over the fact that we really want to get the perfect hand gestures down. How do I move around and have hand gestures? You know what? What I found is that we all naturally use our hands in some way, and we shouldn't try to have some sort of fake or pretend hand gestures. I'm using my hands right now, talking to you, Anna. Nobody can see me. But the reason (laughs) is, (laughs) the reason is, it makes it it actually affects the vocal tonality, the how nice my my voice might sound. So it's a good thing to do. So the main thing I say is just do that. Be like Nike and just do it. So do
0: those things. Just do it. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you have given us a very extensive list. I'm really impressed with this, Jess. This is really fabulous stuff. Oh, and right. if somebody wanted to take the next step and actually work with you, how would they get in touch with you?
1: So people can go to successinmedia.com. I was going to say, Hannah, I'm just, I'm just not going to work with anybody. And, uh, but I was going to say that to communicate to the brain, the part of the brain that gets scared because of scarcity. But I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> that says I'm going to play tricks and do a whole thing and, and create false sca- scarcity. I am a pretty busy person, and if you and if you look on Facebook or elsewhere, you'll see that I'm I am I am pretty busy. But I'm I'm just using everything as a teachable moment tonight. Uh, but if people want to get a hold of me, uh, yes, there are ways that we can work together, whether it's one-on-one or a group. successinmedia.com is my website it's the hub for some of a lot of the training stuff that I do. And yeah, you can go over there, you can send me an email, you can reach out and I've been known to give free stuff, Hannah, to people when they reach out to me or they say that they've heard me on somebody's show like your show. So if you mention Hannah, I will give you something, usually something pretty great. I can charge you for it too if you like, but I'm usually nice and I give mm-hmm. some free <laughs> some free thing. Like a media training toolkit or a presentation toolkit, so that that's usually some videos or some downloads, top ten lists on, on what to do and not to do in different situations, say media interviews. So yeah, that's a good way that people can get a hold of me. Well, that's
0: a great resource, Jess, and I, I thank you for offering that because I mean I have been to your website and I know that you do have other resources on there that can be very, very helpful. And sometimes it's things that people maybe knew but forgot. They just need a refresher. They need to be reminded about certain things. So it's it's all very valuable and powerful, and it's good to know we have that kind of reference and a resource such as yourself for especially those big types of presentations or deals where you really want a third party, an objective third party, not somebody in your organization that is doing a little polishing because they have their own personal agendas at stake, but somebody who can be objective because they don't have any skin in the game. They're there to help you look good and help you hone your message so that you can be the best you can be in order to move your business forward and close more deals, generate more business, whatever it is that you are trying to accomplish. I was just going to say, our time is winding
1: down. (laughs) Let's give us something really great. Okay. I don't know what it is just yet. I was okay. hoping you'd ask me a question. But I have good stuff. I, I you know, this yeah, is you've... called putting putting the lighting the fire under my own self just for pure entertainment. But I'll say, I'll give gotcha. you all the good I've given you a lot of my good uh, stuff that I do in in an interview. I'll uh, I'll tell you right now. Um the big thing is to figure out what it is that you really want to do and create more of and to make a decision to do it. To say, I'm going to do it and I'm going to follow what Jess is about to say right now, which is to break it into the smallest number of pieces to be able to attack a big task. So that means to turn it into a list instead of saying, I must, if I were talking about, say, a website, instead of saying, I must fix my website that's it's too hard of a task because there are too many hidden pieces there. So what you need to do is divide into the smallest number of pieces, which would be, I need to ask these four friends what they've done or who they've gone to, to fix their website because I admire those sites. Or maybe one step before that, look at different sites that I like and see what they've done and figure out who they've gone to, what WordPress template. So, Anytime you're attacking some sort of big task, divide into the smallest number of pieces and decide what it is that all you want to do to push yourself and your business to the next level. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Any other parting thoughts or advice for our listeners, Jess?
1: Yes. I do have parting thoughts. Why, I, how can I not take that and run with it? I have another hour, right? I'm teasing you. Okay. It's like to give Hannah a heart attack. Uh, uh, how much time do we have, Hannah? Because I'll, t- I'll, uh, I'll tie a bow on it nice.
0: We've got about another five minutes or so.
1: Oh, good. So here comes something else that's important. When it comes to, say, media and public speaking to some degree, depending on the type of speaking that you're doing, there are many different types. It could be an internal presentation. You're there with PowerPoint and all that especially media. Media is marketing. And marketing is, the the way I define it, is anything that you do that helps to bring people toward you, ideally for a certain purpose, like sales. So media is marketing. And when I say that and remind people, because they say, I'm going to do some media interviews. And they must realize that it's not just about, Hey, I'm, I did a bunch of interviews. Hey, nothing happened. I don't understand why <clears throat> it's about realizing and approaching it from this angle and realizing that you must say things and do things to drive more attention. So living in the two thousands. Now we have this great invention called the internet or the interwebs, depending on who you are and what you want to call it. And if you do a traditional interview, you have to know that more people are going to hear it after the fact. Even this interview, which is a hybrid, more people are going to hear it after the fact. Somebody three years from now will discover this and say, Hey, Jess, I like that thing that you said uh, part of the way in about um, cliches or you know any of the pieces that I brought up. So you have to realize what do you want to put out there and what action do you really want them to take? So while I was having some fun with the interview because I think Hannah is terrific and I just want to give as much as I can and be supportive of her show and be less self-promoting, I'm also a business person. So I don't want to be silly either. So certainly we brought up both the website, but then also I, I give a free item. So that is there's a power to the free item. In fact, in one of my big speeches, I call it the teriyaki chicken approach. Now we're getting to something exciting, uh, even more exciting at the end. I told you something good was coming. You want to know about the teriyaki chicken, Anna? Oh, absolutely. My chopsticks are ready. They're ready. So yes. have, you, have, you, have you ever had this experience? You're walking, say, in a shopping mall and, or some public place, and there's a person standing there with a tray of teriyaki chicken and toothpicks sticking out of it. And they say, Would you like some? Now I don't know, some people might be vegetarians, but play along with me. You get the point. It could be something else you like. So they say, Would you like one of these? And if it matches your dietary uh, you know situation, then you you lean over, you look and say, Well, I'm not really sure. Oh, yeah, all right, you know, maybe I'll have one. You put in your mouth, and now your brain is we're back to the brain, is saying, Oh, that's pretty good. I think I like that. And even though I was headed to Bed Bath and Beyond I think I'm going to get myself a plate of teriyaki chicken. That's the power of the free sample. We can't. Uh, we want to go back and get some. And also within the world of sales, and there's really for my bigger programs I weave a lot from the world of sales into speaking techniques. But for the world of sales, if a salesperson can get you to touch and feel the product that they're trying to sell to you, and put it in your hands the chances now have dramatically increased of you buying this product. So to put it in your mouth and really have that multiple sensory experience, the chances now have increased of you buying what it is they're saying. So now what does that mean for everyone who's listening? What is your teriyaki chicken? What can you give away that people want? So for me, I had some fun with it. I, I didn't make a whole big deal out of it. But the media training toolkit or the speaker presentation toolkit, those are free important tools that can help you to get better easily. It doesn't cost anything. And it will get you more of what you want and and start you on that path. And sometimes I will offer a free call or a chat. And many of the people who are listening now, depending on the types of work they do, and I, I work with a lot of lawyers or people who uh, have that type of a business where there's an inter introductory meeting financial advisors I mentioned where there may be an introductory meeting some some people their business model is, well it's going to be a few hours so we really need you need to pay some sort of nominal fee but usually that free item where people can can connect in some way and and even add a level of customization. That's where big things can happen. So uh, that's very important on, on all fronts for people to try out. So go figure out your teriyaki chicken. Give something away for free. In fact, that really is a new model with with media in general. I mean, look, newspapers, that you can read it for free online, and then they figure out how to make money. So everything, I can to remember who wrote a book where they had said, uh, everything starts out being Whatever it's priced or expensive, and eventually goes down to for free. If you want to even think, in, in this, they were talking about the world of technology, but I think it blends into other areas. Where when DVD players came out, they were uh, expensive. They were eight hundred dollars or over a thousand dollars, and then they were three hundred dollars for a while. And then you can walk into Walmart and you can buy one for twenty, thirty dollars, which is practically free. Or they just include it with your. Yeah, with, with different other devices like a computer. And actually, we've hit the point where now we don't even care about DVD players. We want it all electronically. So it, it really isn't worth anything. They'll, you know, they'll practically give it away. So give things away as a, as a marketing technique to drive more attention because communication is the secret to power and influence. I'm tying a bow on it nicely for you, Hannah.
0: There you go. You've heard it here from Jess Toddfeld. Jess, I'm so grateful for your insights and education tips and things that we can start using right now. It's very powerful. And you've just been a treat to have on the show. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. I look forward to listening in and hearing your other guests.
0: Oh, terrific. Terrific. I appreciate that giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, brought to you by Business LLC Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website businessconfidentialradio.com Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website again is businessconfidentialradio.com And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests those thought leaders, experts and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential Now is because you don't have time to wait. So just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. Tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. And the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential now? Contact me at the website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop you need to succeed. Till then.